Well, I must tell you, this feels like home, okay? So we're just going to have a wonderful night in the presence of the Lord. And uh, before you take your seats, I just want to honor this church. You know, traveling around the world and you see different churches, different platforms, different people. It's very seldom that you find a church. And that's a group of people like you that are so hungry for God. That are so, it's so unique, really. You have to normally build atmospheres and you have to build things and you have to build faith and everything. When you come here, it's already done. And uh, this is a compliment to Empowered Church. You are a unique church, an awesome church. Come on. Amen. And that's because you have a great leader. That's it. And uh, it, it takes a leader to lead a ministry like this, um, to be a voice in this end time, to be a voice for this generation. And I know you've said a lot of things about me and all the people, but I want to say this to you. I honor you and I follow you in the way you love God, the way you lead your people, the way you just so contending for the Spirit of God. It makes me become more hungry and more desperate for a move of God. So come on, give it up for your man of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Uh, I want to just uh, honor my son here tonight. My youngest son is with me here tonight. And Michal is a great, great man of God. Uh, I believe that the world is still going to get to know this man of God. He's got an awesome testimony. Powerful man of God. And um, he's serving me. And I'm so glad to have him here. My wife sends a love to this church. You know, Apostle, she loves you very much. And it's just great to have you. It's good to see my friend, Apostle Peter. It's great to be here. Pastor Roger and Apostle Neville. It's just wonderful to be here. All right. Are you ready to have an encounter with the Lord tonight? Praise God. I, I want you just quickly, before we, before we take our seats and get into the room, I've got a word for you tonight. But I want you to welcome the Holy Ghost here. We've done everything now, but can we just honor Him? You know, this is what happens. When we acknowledge Him, He comes. And when we worship Him, He stays. So just for 30 seconds or so, can you just forget about the people around you and what is happening at home and, and the cameras and everything and just close your eyes and focus on Jesus seated on that throne with His white robe, with His, with his eyes full of fire. Come on, let's just love Him a little bit here for 30 seconds. All across this place, all across social media, turn up the volume, turn away that coffee table, and let's pray for 30 seconds. Lift your hands. Come, everybody, lift. Come Holy Ghost, come in your power, come in your might, come in the demonstration of the Spirit of the living God. That's right, come on, that's right. Move in the power of God, move in the power of God, move in the anointing of God, move in the presence of God, move in the realm of the glory, realm of the glory. 
realm of the glory. Shila Ramaga Holy Ghost, we welcome you. Holy Ghost, we honor you. Holy Ghost, we provoke a move of the Spirit of God tonight. In the name of the Lord, fill this tabernacle. Fill this house. Fill every heart, every person. In the name of Jesus. That's right. Can we just go a little bit louder? As loud as you can of this whole week. The loudest you've been praying. In the name of the Lord. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Worship you, God. We worship you, God. Fill our churches. Fill this nation. In Jesus' name. In the name of the Lord. In the name of the Lord. I want us to pray for South Africa. Let's pray for our nation. Can we do that? Come on, let's pray for our nation. Our nation needs a touch of God. Come on, you've been in prayer this whole week and fasting and the whole month. Let's bring our nation before the Lord. Amen. Father, we bring South Africa to you tonight in the name of Jesus. We ask for an intervention of the Spirit of God. Lord, I pray that you'll come and bring a revival to this nation. You are the answer. You are the hope. And we ask for the church to come to a place where we will humble ourselves, O oh God, and seek your face. And that you will turn to this nation of South Africa again, O oh God. Turn our economy around. Turn, Father, this nation around. Turn the people's hearts back to the Lord. We ask for a move of your spirit upon South Africa, O oh God. In the name of Jesus, I bind with your people tonight the spirit of corruption and the spirit, Father, of, of, of deception and of witchcraft. We move you. We rebuke you in the name of the Lord. Let the river of holiness come in the name of the Lord. Let revival come in the schools. Let revival come in the universities. Let revival come in parliament. Let revival come in every church. We pull down revival in South Africa, oh God. In Jesus' name. Let it be done. Let it be done. Let it be done. Let it be done in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's give Jesus a good praise by faith. Come on, by faith. Hallelujah. You may take your seats. God bless you. Hallelujah. I believe God's going to do great things here tonight. And I want us to get into the Word. And I want to speak about the wealth transfer and the first fruits, the glory of God that's coming. Uh, this is a supernatural move of God this year. I truly believe it with my whole heart. And uh, I want you to go with me to the book of Job chapter 22. Job 22. 
and please keep your Bibles open. I've got about 20 verses tonight. Can you, hand, can you handle that? All right. Job chapter 22. I'll be reading from verse number 22. When I went on a, on a time of, of prayer last year, I said, Lord, what do you want for the direction of the church? Now, I know every church has its own theme for the year. I understand that. So, but there's also a, a theme that I flow into for the year in all the churches that I go to and in our church. And the Lord spoke to me, said to me this last year. He says, tell my people exaltation is coming. Supernatural exaltation is coming. It was the first time I heard that word in that concept context in the sense of in my mind it was I, I only know that Jesus is exalted to the right hand of the Father how can you exalt people you know and, and so it was very strange and I started seeking more the word of the Lord on this and the Lord started dropping it into my heart and this is what I want to give you tonight in this place 2023 you will see supernatural exaltation come that means that you will rise above. You will be lifted up. You'll be exalted above the things happening. The recession that's hitting the world, you'll be exalted above that. Come on, the diseases that, I, that they say it's coming and the viruses, it will not come to you because you'll be exalted above that. Your ministries are gonna be exalted. Your business is gonna be lifted up, exalted. Come on, this is the hour for exaltation. Shout, exaltation is coming to my life. Now let's read the scripture in Job chapter 22. It says here, surely our adversaries are cut down. The fire consumes their remnant. Um, let me just pick up your, excuse me, verse 22. Receive, please, instruction from his mouth and lay up his words in your heart. If you return to the Almighty, you will be built up. You will be exalted. If my people will humble themselves and pray I will, and seek my face, I will hear from heaven and I will heal their land. They will be exalted again. This is what's going to happen. Now look at this. Um, then you will lay your gold in the dust. Prosperity is going to be like dust. It's going to be easy. And the gold of Ophir among the stones of the brooks. Yes, the Almighty will be your gold. I want to say here tonight, Absa is not going to be your source. And First National is not going to be your source. And the ANC and the DA is not going to be your source. The Almighty, the Elohim, the Adonai, come on, the Great I Am, He will be your source this year. Somebody shout, He'll be my source. Yes, the Almighty will be your gold and your precious silver. And for then you will have your delight in the Almighty and lift up your face to God. You'll make your prayers to Him and He will hear you. And you will pay your vows. And you will declare a thing. And it will be established to you. And so light will shine on your ways. When they cast you down, when the recession comes and all this stuff, you shall say, Look at verse 29. This is the scripture. You shall say, exaltation will come. 
and He will save the humble. He says you must declare a thing. What must you declare? Exaltation is coming to my life. When it's going dark, when it's going bad, let me tell you, I want to say this with all humility in my heart, it, it's still going to get worse, but not upon the people of God. We're going to rise above. We're going to be exalted. I believe it in the name of Jesus. Let me declare this unto you, that you will not, you will not suffer lack in this year. You will not suffer bankruptcy in this year. You will not suffer defeat in this year. May the Lord lift you up. May the Lord exalt you, church. Come on, shout amen if you believe it with me here tonight. Hallelujah. So exaltation will come. It will come. It will manifest. Young people, you will get, you will get promoted and you will get a, your uh, applications will be approved. University monies will be paid up because you'll rise above any other student. You'll rise above any other competitor, businessman. Come on, this is the hour for exaltation. Hallelujah. Now I want us to go into the wealth transfer here because this is important. A lot of prophets and a lot of people are tell, saying that in this year, it's gonna start happening. I believe it. It's going to happen. The wealth transfer takes place to millions of people in millions of different ways. I think we have a concept that a billion rand must fall in my account, then the wealth transfer has taken place. That's not what it is. You can be a domestic worker working for someone and he dies and he leaves his inheritance for you. That is wealth transfer. You can be a manager in a company and you get exalted and then you become the CEO of that company. That means the wealth transfer has come. Inheritance can pay out, stocks can pay out, things can pay out. That is wealth transfer. Uh, wealth is never lost. Gold is not in the space somewhere. It's here. There's no bank notes floating around. It's still here. No wealth has left the world. It's only transferred into another one's hands. May it transfer into my hands this year. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So when they say, when, when business people say, oh, it's going bad, I'm, I'm losing money. You're not losing money. It's just being transferred. And may you not transfer your wealth to another one, but let the, let the sinner's wealth become the righteous wealth in this year. Come on, shout amen if you believe it with me. Now, now let's establish some scriptures. First of all, you know all know Haggai chapter 2. Haggai chapter 2 verse 6 to verse number 9. It says, For thus saith the Lord of hosts once more, in a little while I will, I am going to shake the heavens and the earth and the sea and the dry land. I will shake all nations and they will come to the desire and to the precious things of nations. And I will fill this house with glory. Say this with me. Empowered church. Shout it. Empowered church. Will be filled with the glory of the Lord in 2023. Shout it again. Empowered church. Will be filled 
with the Shekinah glory of God in 2023. Says, says the Lord, and the silver is mine, and the gold is mine, declares the Lord of hosts, and the latter glory of the south shall be greater than the former, says the Lord of hosts, and in this place I will give peace and prosperity in the name of Jesus. In this end time, wealth transfer, you're going to see an interesting thing taking place. It's not just about money because money is the lowest form of, of wealth. Uh, purpose is the richest thing you have. All right, if you still pray for money, you're poor. You need to pray for purpose. You need to pray for relationships. You need to get to that dimension. Amen. I say to my church this. I tell them this. I tell them, if you pray for money, or I say this, I pray that you will never be so broke that you'll just pray for money. You must have more than money in your life. Amen. So wealth needs to come to our lives. Now, in this end time move of God, I believe God's going to give us cities to govern, to rule. The church is going to take over the cities. Come on, I'm telling you. And I'm not talking spiritually. I'm talking about we will take over community work. We will cut the grass. We will fill the potholes. We will do the stuff in our communities. And eventually we will have the ownership. Let's go to Luke chapter 16. Uh, Luke chapter 19. Luke chapter 19. Verse 16 to verse number 19. I'm going to read a couple of verses there for you. Luke chapter 19. And then we'll read verse 16 to verse number 19. I want you to see an interesting thing here. Every time somebody gave, Jesus gave them cities. Look at this. Then came the first saying, Master, your miner has earned 10 miners. And he said to him, well done, good servant. Because you were faithful in the very little, you have authority over 10 cities. And the second came to him, Master, your miner has earned me five miners. Likewise, he said to him, you also will be over five cities. You cannot rule a city if you are not a good steward of your finances. Now, I'm, I'm here on an assignment tonight. My assignment is to speak on finances and wealth and get you out of Egypt and get you into the promised land. So that's my assignment. Let me just get that clear. If you're thinking, where am I going? I'm going to speak to you about wealth tonight and how to activate this and how you can walk into this in this year. So I'm laying this foundation. I want to be a giver that when I take out my credit card or my bank card to swipe for an offering or I go onto my, my, my laptop and I want to sow an EFT, transfer an EFT, I want the devil to fear the name of Jesus and to fear me when I open my bank app. Because we fight with our money. I fight with my prayers. I fight with my worship. But I do warfare with my finances. The devil must fear Christians. 
when it comes to giving, when it comes to expanding the kingdom of God, if we can come to that place where we change our mindset of poverty from a poverty mindset to a wealth mindset, the church of Jesus Christ will enter into a place where we will own cities. Thank you for four amens on the second row. Amen. We need to come to that place, family. People come and they say, you're a pastor and you have a, a jet, you have a plane. And they get all upset about that. But I don't know any Christian that owns an airline. Yet the Muslims and Islam owns five of the greatest airlines in the world. Are you with me? But because the churches, you just can't get in that car, okay? Just don't get in that plane. But it's okay to fly on Islam's 300 planes on Emirates and Qatar and have no problem with Islam being rich. May God raise up billionaires that owns, owns airlines and hotels that we can check into and stay. Come on, Christians. We need to rise up in this hour and, and dominate the world with our giftings and our finances. It's all a mentality. Poverty is a mentality. It's a spirit that holds us captive in our mentality way of thinking. I see it the whole time when Christians do a business, they start a business and say, we're going to make bangles or we're going to make uh, bracelets. We want to, that's our business. We're selling bracelets. And I'm thinking, how in the world are you going to take over anything with bracelets? You know how many bracelets you have to sell just to buy a bread? Why don't you go for the biggest thing there is? Why don't you make bracelets but sit, put diamonds in the things? Put rubies in the things, but our mentality is so, so, so poor. May God break that in this year in Jesus' name. Are you ready to exit out of Egypt? I'm telling you the Egypt mentality we have. We have such a poor Egypt mentality. A little bit softer. Can I can I have monitors? Um, Egypt is is simply this. Egypt is you work and you go and stand at the manager to get some money, and then he hits you. You haven't read your reach your target. Go back and work again, and you come back the end of the month. Thank you so much. <laughs> you didn't reach your target. Go back. You're a slave. That's Egypt. You will look like us, you will eat like us, you will not have more than us, you will own nothing. But I'm here on an assignment tonight, in the beginning of the year, on the First Fruit Conference, to say it's not going to happen to empower people. We are going to be exalted. And tonight we are coming out in the name of the Lord. Loose my people and let them. Hallelujah. Shout, I'm coming out. Shout, I'm coming out. Hallelujah. Now, come on, let's go here. Proverbs chapter 13, 22. I hope you're writing down. A good man leaves an inheritance to his children's 
children, not to his children, to his children's children. But the wealth of the sinner is stored up for the righteous. Say this as loud as possible. Say the wealth of the wicked is laid up for me. Ecclesiastes chapter 2 and verse 26. For God gives wisdom and knowledge and joy to a man who is good in his sight. What does God give to this man? Wisdom and knowledge, wisdom and wealth is, is married together. Solomon was the wisest man and he was the richest man. But to the sinner he gives the work of gathering and collecting that he may give to him who is good before God. There's a second thing he says, I will give to the sinner the work of gathering and collecting. But if you seek me, if you become close to me, I will give you wisdom and understanding and I will get the sinners to bring it to you. So we're gonna be filled with wisdom tonight. We're gonna be filled with understanding tonight. When God appeared to Solomon, he said to him, he didn't ask him how much money you want. He says, what do you want? He says, uh, I want wisdom and understanding. And God gave him wisdom and understanding. And when he got wisdom and understanding, he became the wealthiest man in the world. You need wisdom, you don't need money. You need wisdom and understanding to create wealth. Are you with me? There were four wealth transfers in the Bible. The first one in Exodus chapter 12, verse number 35 to verse number 36. The first wealth transfer, let's speak about this one. Now the Israelites had acted in accordance with the word of Moses and they had asked the Egyptians for articles of silver and articles of gold and clothing. The Lord gave the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians so that they gave them what they asked. So they plundered the Egyptians. We are not gonna just be cute and wonderful and blend in with the world. We're gonna stand out, we're gonna be exalted and we're gonna plunder the wealth of the wicked in this year. I believe I'm speaking to multi-millionaires in this place. You may not look like it now, but I address you into your future. I speak to your future. Come on, how many of you can say amen to that? So we're gonna plunder Egypt. We're gonna plunder it. Take everything we can. Job chapter 27. Go there, second wealth transfer. Job chapter 27. Verse 16 to verse number 17. I like this one. Evil people may have piles of money and may have stored away mounds of clothing, but the righteous will wear that clothing. Mm. And the innocent will divide that money. Hallelujah. Second welfare is coming. Wealth transfer is coming, just like that. The third one, I like this one. Are you still with me? Second Chronicles chapter 20, verse number 22. 226. 
At the very moment they began to sing and give praises, the Lord caused the armies of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seirah to start fighting among themselves. The armies of Moab and Ammon turned against their allies from Mount Seir and killed every one of them. And they had destroyed the army of Seir and they began attacking each other. So when the army of Judah arrived at the lookout point in the wilderness, they saw there were dead bodies lying on the ground as far as they could see. Not a single one of them uh, of equipment, clothing and other valuables, more than they could carry. But there was so much plunder that it took them three days just to collect it all. On the fourth day, they gathered in the Valley of Blessing, which got its name that day because the people praised and thanked the Lord there. It is still called the Valley of Blessing today. We are coming, I'm telling you, we are coming to the place where things are gonna become effortless in this year. Things are gonna happen tonight. This is the first night of the conference. I'm speaking to atmospheres, speaking to principalities. I give them notice tonight. We are coming out. We are plundering the wealth of the sinners in Jesus' name. And the fourth one, and I wanna hang in a little bit here, is the wealth transfer of Joseph. The life of Joseph. And here is a brilliant example of, of wealth transfer that took place. Joseph had levels of going into wealth transfer. And I want you to see this. Stay with us in your Bibles, stay with us online. Because it's important to understand that not only are you gonna have, or not only can you receive wealth transfer, you need to be positioned for wealth transfer. Now please understand, I'm speaking spiritual stuff. There are practical things you have to do as well for wealth transfer, but that is not, this is not the session designed for that. But Joseph here is a perfect example of the end time wealth transfer. Say this with me as loud as you can. I refuse to die broke. Say, I refuse and reject poverty, lack, limits over my life. I break free tonight in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah in this place. Break free. Now, I believe God is going to position you this year very strategically in the marketplace for the wealth transfer. Some people are not going to recognize you by April this year. They're going to say, what has happened to you? Why, where has this all of a sudden come from? Now, let me just show you the types and the shadows of Joseph and Jesus. Because this is the end time wealth and Joseph was the first Old Testament wealth transfer. New Testament is formed with Jesus and his family. Now look at this, the types and the shadows of, of the life of Joseph and Jesus. Number one, Joseph's family was blessed because of Joseph. And then he became the slave of the world. Back then, 
same with Jesus, blessed in heavenly places, and He became one like us, a servant to this world. Joseph was a shepherd. Jesus was the good shepherd. Joseph's brothers hated Him, rejected Him, sold Him out, and Jesus' brothers did exactly the same. Today, many people are still rejecting the Son of the living God. Joseph's brothers didn't recognize him the first time when they stood there in the queue. They didn't recognize him. Come on, put your hands together for Apostle Neville. So Joseph's brothers didn't recognize him the first time they saw him there in the palace. Only the second time they saw him when he brought the wealth. Jesus wasn't recognized the first time he came, but the second time he will be recognized as the son of the living God. Joseph ministered to two criminals in the prison. One died, one lived. Same with Jesus when he was crucified between two criminals. One died, one lived. Joseph's name means Panima, Zaphtani, which means Savior of the world. Jesus Christ is the Savior of our world. Joseph fed the nations with grain and bread. Jesus is the bread of life, giving it to the world. And so we see the powerful truths working together. Now, there are very valuable lessons to learn in the pit. The pit helps you to govern the palace. Don't move out of your pit too soon. Learn as much as you can. Observe as much as you can. They stripped the mantle of Joseph, the mantle of the coat of many colors. And here's the reason why. They stripped it because they had to strip that to prepare him for the greater mantle of being the prince of Egypt, of the world. The Bible tells us very clear that the whole world had to come and get food from Joseph. Think about that. Everybody around the world back then had to get on a boat, had to walk for miles and days to get to one place to get food. Let's use this place as an example. Let's say there's a famine in South Africa. Let's just use South Africa. And we say there's only bread and grain at Empower Church in Pretoria. The only place. You will have queues lined up right into Durban, man. If just South Africa, 60 million people has to come to one place. And Joseph saw this as the greatest opportunity to do wealth transfer. And I want to give you the five levels of Joseph's Wealth transfer. Are you ready? Genesis 41. Let's go. Verse 53 to verse number seven, 57. Then the seven years of plenty which were in the land of Egypt ended and the seven years of famine began to come. And I just want to say this, and this is maybe not for everybody, but I feel in 2020, the 18th of March, 
while we were in America, we got locked down, you know, the whole story. I didn't know what was going on. It was so new to, to the world. What's masks? What's social distance? For me as a pastor, I couldn't Google how to have church in COVID because nobody knew. We all just did it. All right. But the Lord said to me, he says, there will be seven years of famine where people are going to, it's going to be very hard for, not you, for the world. In the famine, the church will arise. I told you tonight, Job chapter 22, verse 29, exaltation will come. But you have to seek God. This is not the hour for casual Christianity. Otherwise, you're going to become a casualty of war. It's going to cost you to seek the Lord, be humble in the presence of God, and God will bring the exaltation. And that is what's going to happen. I believe there's about five more years left four more years four more years left of very hard and difficult times for the world but then the shift is going to come and we're going to position ourselves in the next couple of years to be rightly positioned for the move the greatest move of the Holy Ghost I believe the world has ever seen or heard of it's about to happen and you are going to be a part of the greatest outpouring of the Holy Ghost shout amen if you believe it with me so he says, yeah, the famine was in the land, but the land of Egypt was, uh, had bread. So when all the land of Egypt was famished, the people cried to Pharaoh for bread. Then Pharaoh said to the Egyptians, go to Joseph. Hmm. Pharaoh tells the world, go to the Christian. Whatever he says to you to do, do it. The famine was all over the face of the earth and Joseph opened all the storehouses. Now look at the first level here. Think about this family, just stay with me. It's famine, there's no place that you can get food except here. Please help us, you're a church, you're a Christian. Look what Joseph did, look there. He opened all the storehouses and sold to the Egyptians. And the famine became severe in the land of Egypt. Aren't you a Christian? Mustn't you help us? No, we're going to sell this. The first level of wealth transfer of Joseph. He saved grain in the season of abundance. Because the grain then didn't cost him, let's say, 10 rand a bag. It's now famine. It's now 20 rand. Don't you feel sorry for me? 20 rand, thank you, will do. How are you going to get the wealth of the, of the wicked? Praying and fasting? No, sir. You're going to have to come into the place where you are placing a demand on the wealth of the wicked. And do business and get the things done. I knew it's going to be a hard message, but I'm going to keep on going until I'm done. Level two, go over to Genesis 47 and we'll stay there for a couple of minutes. <clears throat> Joseph gathered, gathered up all the money. How much money? So Joseph comes, he's a brilliant businessman, brilliant 
let me rather say wealth transfer example he gathered up all the money that was found in the land of Egypt and in the land of Canaan for the grain which they had brought and Joseph brought the money into Pharaoh's house so when the money failed in the land of Egypt and in the land of Canaan and all the Egyptians came to Joseph and said give us bread why should we die in your presence for money has failed so Joseph they come with him and they say listen man you've already taken all our money we've got no more money nothing you've taken all our money don't you feel anything for us please have mercy on us we don't want to die in your presence look what he says in verse 16 and 17 then Joseph said give me your livestock <laughs> and by the way I will give you bread if you give me livestock if the money is gone this man has no mercy he's going to plunder the Egyptians <laughs> Woo. like I said in the beginning I just wish I had one Christian that can agree with me on this wealth transfer. We're not gonna play games this year. We are not gonna be, I'm sorry I live, I'm sorry I'm a Christian, I'm so sorry I uh, breathe. We are gonna take dominion in the marketplace. Come on and we're gonna do the wealth transfer. I thought you're a Christian. You shouldn't charge that much. Let me just increase my, my fees quickly for you just because you made that statement. Get a product that only you can sell. Become unique. Become a church that's unique. Many, many pastors come to me and say, our church is struggling and we don't have money. It's because you're not solving a problem. You're just a motivational speaker. You need to solve a problem and money will come. It's because it's 33 degrees outside that I'm feeling so hot on this platform going I'm not preaching at you I'm preaching against spirits that's holding the church of Jesus in bondage we want to build churches man we don't want to we don't want to put up another coffee station we want to build churches that's costing millions and we need you to walk in the realm of wealth say I'm going to build the next church shout it I'm going to build the next church So he sold the money for grain. Then he sold their livestock. Look at number four. Verse 18 to 20. When that year had ended, they came to him the next year and said, we will not hide from you, my Lord. Our money is gone. My Lord has taken our herds and our livestock. There is nothing left in the sight of my Lord except our bodies and our lands. Why should we die before your face, both we and our land? Look at this. Buy us and our land for bread. And all our land will be servants of Pharaoh. Look at what they say. Give us seed that we may live and not die. They understood money is gone. Equipment is gone. Resources is gone. All we have now is I need seed to live. 
that land may not be desolate. Then Joseph bought all the land of, of Egypt for Pharaoh. For every man of the Egyptians sold his field because the famine was severe upon, upon them. And so the Lord, so the land became Pharaoh's. He says, your money is gone? Okay. Livestock, got your equipment. Can I, I'm going to buy you. And then I'll buy all your land as well. Joseph, a Christian, a righteous man, started prospering in the middle of famine. Don't you look at recession. Don't you look at the economy of this nation. You will prosper in the midst of Egypt. And we are coming out in the name of the Lord. We are buying everything of Egypt. He didn't apologize. He was anointed to host the wealth transfer. Here's another level. I'm nearly done. Verse 23. Oh, Joseph is nearly done. He's just plundering everything. Verse 23 to 25. Look at level 5. Then Joseph said to the people, Indeed, I have brought you and your land this day to Pharaoh. Look, here is seed for you. And you will go and sow it in the land. Now it's no longer your land, it's now my land. And it shall come to pass in the harvest time that you shall give me 20%. Four fifths, 20%. Shall be your own as seed for the field and for your food, and for those of your households and the food of your little ones. So they said, you have saved our lives. Let us find favor in the sight of my Lord and we will be Pharaoh's servants. Level number five, he says, you seed, but your harvest when it comes, 20%. Thank you. It's not just a deal for you. Just sow something in the church. Just sow something. No, 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 no. The whole world came to him. He took all their money. He took all their livestock. He took all their equipment. He plundered Egypt. Then he took all their land. Then he bought them. Then, they said, then he said, okay, now I'm going to help you. Now, now you're all slaves. Now I'm going to help you. But every, every contract you make, 20%. Get away from the 10% religious mindset. Every contract you sign this year, 20% shall come to the house of the Lord. And you only have five hand claps there. Come on, 20% given. And let me read you verse 26. And Joseph made it a law over the land of Egypt till this day that Pharaoh should have one-fifth, 20%, except for the land of the priest, which did not become Pharaoh's. So family, I want to take you into the how of this. And then I'm going to pray for you. God wants to promote you. God wants to increase you. God wants to exalt you. God wants to take you further. But there is a key I want to give you tonight. If you can take this key tonight and live this key as, as a spiritual law, progression shall start happening in your life. 
This law is the power of a vow. The power of a vow. In 1993, I was in Bible college and uh, I had many, many prophecies before that over my life that I'll be a preacher one day I'll have a church all this stuff all the, everything is happening now was prophesied over my life 1993 uh, Kim Clement came to our church to, pro- to, to prophesy he came there I said Lord give me a word through this man that night he prophesied for people and he didn't call me out I fasted the whole day prayed the whole day nothing happened I went home. I said, God, I'm so disappointed. Why couldn't you just confirm that with that prophet? And that Lord, that was the very first time in my life that I heard the voice of God audibly. And this is what the word said to me. The Lord came to me and said, can I speak to you or do you want a servant to speak to you? And I said, I'm open for you. That next morning, five o'clock, Jesus appeared in my room. And he spoke to me about the mandate for my life, that I'll be a Joshua leading people out of Egypt, what I'm doing tonight, into the promised land. That's been my mandate since 1993. I said that in that room with that experience, I said this, I vow to you, O God, that I will serve you, that I will be your servant if you cause me to shake this nation. That vow, 1993, is manifesting. A vow is something, I'm going to help you here, and please don't be distracted in your mind in the next 10 minutes or so, because this is the key. I've given you the wealth transfer, now I'm giving you the key how to do this. When I make a vow to the Lord, God sees it as a commitment, and He takes it very seriously. We dedicate children all the time. I don't know if you do it here, but we dedicate children. We bring them to the front. We pray for them. I always ask the mothers and the fathers standing in front, do you vow to raise your children in the ways of the Lord? And they all, yes. Next Sunday, they're not in church. But we vow. Then we wonder why the children are all messed up at 16. And divorces comes and bankruptcy comes to people's lives because we don't honor the vow that we made before God. I read this interesting testimony of a woman, a five-year-old son fell from a three-story building. He fell on his head. His skull is fractured, bleeding on the brain, busy dying, trying to resuscitate him. Ambulance on the scene. The mom comes down and she takes that child and she says the following. I want to read this to you. She says, I said to the Lord, I have dedicated this child. I have consecrated this child to the Lord. He cannot die. And immediately the child stood up. Hello. No fractured skull, nothing. Completely supernatural healed. Because a parent reminded the Lord of the vow. That's how it works. So how do I transition from having nothing to becoming somebody or having something? From poverty to prosperity.
From having enough to having more than enough. From working at a hotel to owning the hotel. How did they do this? It all goes back to the power of a vow. I want to give you a couple of examples here. Samson made a vow to the Lord to receive power. In Judges chapter 16, verse number 16 to 17, he says, And it came to pass when she presented him daily with her words and pressed him so that his soul was vexed to death, that he told her his heart. And he said to her, No razor has ever come upon my head, for even I have been a Nazarite to go from, to God from my mother's womb. If I'm shaven, then my strength will leave me. I shall become weak just like any other man. He says, if I, if I do this, if I break the Nazarene vow, I will become an ordinary man. So I make a vow to become extraordinary. Some of you need to make that vow tonight. That your business, your ministry, your life, you as a person will not be ordinary people. Listen, the the bottom is overcrowded. We're reaching for the top, going higher. Pastor Jerome always, always said that. A promise is a faith promise for your future. Now let me give you a couple of examples. A vow, write this down, is a supernatural credit line for your future. So I say, God, I don't have the money to start this, this, this ministry, this business. I don't have all the resources. But I vow to you that if you help me, that I will give back to you 20%, 50% of what, I, what you help me with. That vow is a credit line for God. He goes into your future, pulls the resources and the money out and bring it into the now and says, now you go based upon your vow that you will repay me. Ecclesiastes chapter five, verse number four and five. When you make a vow to God, do not delay to pay it, for he has no pleasure in fools. Pay what you have vowed. Better not vow than to vow and not pay it. God wants to bless you, family. And I'm a testimony of the vow. 1998, I sat in my, um, my living room. A man phoned me, a prophet. I didn't know him back then. He phoned me, he says, is this Nicky van der Vestas? And I said, yes. He said, I've been in prayer and fasting and the Lord said to me the following. He says, if you make a vow to me today, that you will never make debt in your life again. I will prosper you. And I will take you out of debt in six months. I put the phone down. What's going on? I don't even, I don't even know, ever heard about the word vow. I said to my wife, this is what happened. It took me seven days to make the vow. Because I didn't want to make a vow and not pay it. For seven days I was thinking about it. How will I buy Anything if I don't make debt. And then I made the vow to the Lord. I said, Lord, I vow that I will not make debt if you take me out of debt. And I made that vow six months later. Six months. Now let's, let me just tell you. You can go and read my book on Thou Shall Be Debt Free. 
that first six months it was hell on earth I lost everything I thought Lord I made a vow but God was helping me through that process after six months we had no debt we had cars paid off we lived in a home and from that day up till now the Lord has helped us and sustained us because I kept the vow to the Lord that the Lord will help me through I'm a living testimony of that and I understand what you say there's good debts and, and I understand that we buy properties and you, you, you do all those things I understand that debt is when you, when you don't pay then that becomes bad debt right so the credit cards, the clothes, the sh all that shoes, whatever, those are bad debts. But here's the thing, I bought a home and I trusted the Lord. I had to go and apply for a loan. I think when I look back, I believe that was God leading me that direction. Because since 1998 up till 2004, I had no debt on my name, no car, no house, nothing. That was six years. And we wanted to buy a home and I didn't have all the cash. And I said, Lord, please help me. I, I vow in Jesus' name, help me. If I, if I can get this, ho this house, that, you will, that I will give it to you. I will give this house to you, Lord. You, we will do anything you want in this house. Money didn't come in. I went to the bank. I applied. I got approved. That for me was the biggest testimony. That God cleared my name. I would have never known if he cleared my name if I didn't apply. And he took me from bankruptcy to buying my first home. When I got the home on my name, I started applying the pressure of seed. And that home got paid off supernaturally. I bought the second house last year. In March of last year, we moved in. April, uh, first month, May, June, I applied seed. I applied the power of the vow. Three months later, in a service, I got a message. Your home loan is now paid. It's paid in full. That's how God works. I don't know who am I speaking here tonight, but I know that God is able to do and take you from nothing to something if you can honor the Lord. Honor Him. Lord, if you will heal me. I had, kidney, I had a kidney dysfunction in my body. My dad had one, God healed him through a Morisarello service and, and, he, and he never had kidney problems again. I got kidney problems and I said, well, this is generational. Now we have to sort this thing out by prayer. And they wanted to remove my one kidney. In 2004, they wanted to remove that. In June of 2004, they wanted to remove my right kidney. And I said to the doctor, I said, please give me seven days. I need to go and just make sure. He says, we need to operate now. I said, give me time. For seven days, I prayed and fasted. And I said there, in that, in that fast, I said, Lord, if you heal me, I'll pray for the sick for the rest of my life. As long as I live, I will pray for sick people. And when kidney problems come, we'll lay our hands upon them. We'll pray for them. They'll get healed. It is now 18 years later, never had one problem, never removed the kidney, never the power of a valve that kept me going. Come on, it can happen tonight to any one of you in this house. God can move into your future. Bring your miracle to the now. Woo.
Hallelujah. Psalms chapter 76 verse 11 says this, Make vows to the Lord your God. Make vows to the Lord your God and pay them. Let all who are around him bring presents and present it to him who ought to be feared. He shall cut off the spirit of princes, of death, because he's an awesome king of the earth. I believe God is going to cut off the spirit of poverty tonight over your life. In the name of Jesus. If you can make a vow to the Lord, keep the vow. I believe wealth activation will come. In the name of Jesus. I want to close with this and then we're going to pray together. Genesis chapter 28. Just read it on the screens. Verse 20 to 22. Then Jacob made a vow saying, If God will be with me and keep me in this way that I'm not going and give me bread to eat and clothing to put on so that I can come back to my father's house in peace, then the Lord shall be my God. And this stone which I have set as a pillar shall be called the house of God. And of all that you have given me, I will surely give you 10%. Remember when Hannah couldn't bear a son? She went to the temple. She says, I vow to your God. If you give me a child, I will give him back to you. And 12 months later, she dedicated Samuel to the Lord. Young people, this is how you do it. You vow to the Lord that you will serve him for the rest of your life. That every deal you make, you'll give to the Lord. You will never depart the house of the Lord. You'll serve in the house of the Lord then God will honor that and go into your future and bring it into the now. You serve Him. You love Him. The vow is just the activation like giving is to activate your future for you. Giving without purpose is throwing money away. You give. Your giving should be greater than yourself. Excuse me. And that is what I want to close off tonight with to tell you. First scripture I read, Job chapter 22, verse 27 says this, this, if I declare a thing, verse 28, excuse me, if I declare a thing, it shall come if I pay my vows to the Lord. Tonight in this place, I know you have come prepared for your first fruits, but I felt in my heart to add to this, that you bring your first fruits tonight, but I'm very sure that you can make a vow to the Lord. To say, Lord, if you will heal me, I'll pray for the sick. Lord, if you restore my marriage, I'll, I'll counsel people. Lord, if you open that door, I promise that I will do this. A vow is so, so powerful because it's, I cannot pay that million rand now, but I can make a vow. And God goes into my future and bring it. And the wealth starts manifesting. Just like Joseph, he became a wealth transfer that same anointing is coming upon the church. We're going to own resources. We're going to own land. We're going to own properties. We're going to, the Egyptians are going to help us build the kingdom of God. I'm telling you. We're going to see the wealth of the wicked coming to the righteous. A week ago, one of my friends, a person walks into his church and gave 1.3 million euros as a tithe and walked out. 
Don't think the person that you think is the one that's going to do the wealth transfer. I can promise you now it's not him. God, it doesn't work like that. God wants to get the glory. He always comes on the sidelines. He always uses somebody else. He always, always uses that. And may the glory of the Lord be upon you for 2023. Would you please stand with me tonight? Pastor Gibbard, come on the platform. I want to do a prayer of debt cancellation. We're coming out of Egypt this year. I refuse that you live in Egypt this year and being tormented by masters that just wants more and more and pay you little. You're coming out in the name of Jesus. Come on, say, I'm coming out. Say, I'm coming out. Coming out of debt and you're coming out of slavery and you're going to walk in freedom in Jesus' name. And we're going to bring our first fruits to the Lord in this prayer. And I know I'll pray for the people who have come here tonight that is really trusting God for a healing in their bodies. Because this is the night for supernatural healings in Jesus' name. Now let's pray the first prayer. Father, we come before you. We humble ourselves. We acknowledge that we cannot come out of debt. We cannot prosper ourselves. We cannot bless ourselves. We humble humbly come to you and say Lord we need you we lay aside our titles our accolades our degrees our previous contracts we lay it down and now we ask take us out of Egypt and tonight like Moses we come and we say let my people go and we declare on the 28th of January 2023 that the people of God are coming out of slavery in the name of Jesus. Empowered church members shall this year become free in the mighty, all-powerful name of the great I Am, the Elohim, the Adonai, Jehovah Jireh, El Shaddai. Manifest yourself this year. I now release the spirit of wealth. Wealth transfer to come. In Jesus' name, let the contracts come. Let the miracles come. Let the finances come. Let the property come. Let the, let the equipment come. Let the resources come. Let the breakthroughs come. Let the miracles come. Let it happen so quick, oh God. Blessing upon blessing. Miracle upon miracle in Jesus' name. And tonight, according to your word, Proverbs chapter 3, we honor the Lord with our first fruits, with our substance, oh God. We come to you tonight. And we bring our offerings to you. We release it in the name of the Lord. And by releasing, we activate wealth transfer. And I vow, O oh God, if you prosper me, that I will make your house prosperous in the name of Jesus. And we give you the praise the worship and the honor. Now, before we receive the offering, can you just thank the Lord in advance that you're going to have wealth transfer this year? Come on. And maybe some of you want to do that vow. Vow for healing. Vow for your marriage. Vow for your children. Vow for your future. Come on, just there wherever you are. Ask the Lord. Lord, here's my vow. This is what I'm doing on the 1st of January, the first month of, of this year in January. I make a vow to you, Lord. I come to you, Lord, 